That's right, folks. We're reviewing Surviving the Game, the 1994 would-be masterpiece with a, a very well young in his acting career, Ice-T. He'd done a few movies before this, but it's not quite the season. Like best Trespass? Movie. Trespass, New Jack City. He was in a couple things. But, um, I mean, by now he's been like in tons of stuff now, so. Um, mainly SVU, Law and Order. He's a uh, cop. Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say mainly uh, Leprechaun the Hood, but um, yeah, there's, I guess there's um, the cop show also. But I think, I think well, most, most widely known for Leprechaun the Hood. <laughs> no, no, I think he's more widely known for Trespass. He <laughs> <laughs> grossed a whopping seven million dollars. So, um, wasn't gonna be a movie that's gonna was gonna propel Ice T to like superstar status terms of acting but I can see why it's not the kind of storyline that the mainstream is really going to be into uh, which is weird considering the fact it's based on a short story that I even even when I was in middle and high school I've read as a kid because it was one of the things we were forced to read and when I was in high school I think that was what 15 years after this movie came out hmm so the story itself is somewhat well known, somewhat more known. The fact that this movie isn't is kind of surprising to me. It's um, it's called a da a dangerous game. The most dangerous game. The most dangerous game. That's right. Okay. Yeah, it was the original story was written in 1924, with the first iteration of it coming out in 34. And there's been like a couple different movies that have kind of spun off from that. Or were based Including on Hard Target that came out, what, a few months before this one? Uh, yeah, Hard Target was 93, this is 94. Yeah, and that one's technically also based on, uh, is was inspired from the most dangerous game. I realize I kind of like movies that have sort of like an all like outdoor, uh, outdoor setting. Stuff like this. Maybe you just like the outdoors. Uh, it's weird, I like movies with that, but I don't like actually being outdoors myself, so... <laughs> Like I would love to watch Predator, but I don't. I would never want to be in that, in that setting. You wouldn't want to go to the jungle. Even Arnold said it was like. Miserable. He said it was miserable to film it, but. Well, that's because Arnold was so big. He probably sweat every, the minute he walked out of his damn camper. The guy was probably sweating before he walked out of his camper with his camper set to sixty-five. Well, why don't we get into the movie? The movie is depressing. You think so? Well, yeah, it starts off with a homeless guy and another homeless guy being hunted and killed. And then the the other homeless guy loses his damn dog. Yeah, there's a lot of homeless people at the beginning of this movie. That's true. Including a Navy veteran. Yeah. I thought it was a mistake to actually show, like, somebody being hunted at the beginning. Because I feel like the whole thing of the movie is that it's going to be a twist that they're hunting Ice-T. So when they show them hunting somebody at the beginning, it kind of right off the bat ruins a twist. I feel like they should have yeah, but, taken that out. Yeah, but it's a, it's a way to captivate the audience because, to be honest with you, how many people is actually going to stay and finish the movie when all you start with is a dog being hit by a car? <laughs> well, I mean, it's going to get into the action within, like, 20 minutes. you got to be a little bit patient, but I, I just think that in terms of a twist... It works a lot better if it's a complete mystery of what's going on, and then you unlock it. But I, it, it, I, I don't like um, stories where, 
like it starts off in the action and then says it cuts back to like saying two months before two weeks before like I don't like that idea if you don't know what's going on the action's not that interesting to me um so it's kind of one of those things but yeah they did the same exact thing with Hard Target by the way in Hard Target <clears throat> the, the opening scene is again like someone being hunted I don't know I actually haven't watched Hard Target I've only seen the ending really yep oh you should watch that it's pretty good the only thing I know about it is Jean-Claude Van Damme and Lance Henriksen. It's made by John Woo, who's like a famous uh, director from the 90s. Did a, a isn't he of... still fairly famous? Isn't he still doing a bunch of martial art movies? Yeah, but just doesn't do like uh, mainstream American movies anymore. But in the 90s, Yeah, mainstream, mainstream's overrated nowadays. True. Yeah, he's probably doing better stuff, right? Um... Yeah, so basically we're introduced to Ice-T and his homeless friend who are scouring, basically just barely making ends meet. Well, actually, Getting their ass kicked by security guards. Yeah, making no ends meet, really, just barely scraping by um, on the streets. And yeah. that's kind of, you're right, the, the first ten minutes is pretty depressing because we're just following them trying to find their next meal basically and that's literally every single line out of their mouths like did you really need these two to say 500 lines up that they're hungry yeah i mean i guess it's realistic it's like you think about what would homeless people be talking about and i would think it'd be talking they'd be talking about food right so. i don't think they'd be talking when they establish they're looking for food i don't think they would it's not like ice d just stopped looking for food because they didn't talk about it <laughs> The old, the old guy's like, he's like, man, nobody eats meat anymore. <laughs> old man dies just because you said that because he didn't get any meat. Um, No, I think the old man died because the, um, so remember when they, um, for the coppers came, I think he hit the old man in the ribs, right? Yeah. That injury probably ended up killing him, honestly. Nah, he, he, was, a, he was a Navy vet. He could take it. Maybe if he was hit like in the chest where his heart was. Maybe, he was or if it was a think about the stat, establish that maybe he had a disease. Maybe because he was homeless, he had cancer, and no one knew about it. Any injury when you're older is more devastating. You ageist bastard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> just because he's old, and you think he can't take a beating? He's homeless. He probably has thicker skin than everybody. Eh, well, he's gone now, so it's. Too late to care about that. Yeah, now he's buried old next man, to the dead dog. The old man dies, buried next to the dog, and Ice T's left alone. Ice T figures out to himself that hey, now that my dog is gone, my best friend's gone, there's no reason for me to live. So I'm gonna jump in front of a bus where Walter saves him. Played by Charles. Bad S. Walter. Dutton. Charles Dunn, who saves him, but really is actually having an ulterior motive. Um, yeah, he wants to kill him later. It's funny that this guy, Walter, is, like, giving out, like, free meals to the homeless, but then he's also... Do you think he's giving out the free meals? Is that all just a way to lure in a homeless person that he can choose for the game? Most likely. But, like, consider the fact that he himself was saying he was getting bored with some of the ones they were picking up. Tells me that when he saw Ice-T fighting off against that security guard, he was like, okay, we doing this guy. Ah, that's true. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because they want to pick someone that who 
show some fight. We'll going, fight back. So it's going to give them a challenge. Oh, they're going to get a challenge, all right. A challenge to order some McDonald's and get me some chicken nuggets right now. Uh, well, you can do that yourself, sir. That doesn't require them to do that for you. So that involves me having to leave the room. The uh, so this is also where we yeah. get to meet Burns. Yeah, I was going to say before Ice T can qualify. First, he has to show him that he can run the treadmill for ten minutes. <laughs> Thirty. Oof. I'm surprised he made it. He hasn't he hasn't smoker lungs. I'm surprised he made it. The same. But then again, we did get that transition. So Ice T probably really wasn't running for more than one second. Yeah, true. They basically took But one, apparently one that one second went winded him out. Yeah. If you haven't uh, been running and then just hop on a treadmill, that first time is rough. So. And notice how what do you call it? He's like, yeah, that looks like one of them running things. Like, did really? You tell me you don't know what that's called? Well, remember this is 1994. Um, how new? There is no way treadmills were not out for at least five or ten years by then. <laughs> he did say one of those running things. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> called a treadmill man what are you doing icy <laughs> i mean and this guy well i guess this character wasn't this character was a mechanic but ice t was in the army he couldn't have improved a little better <laughs> one of them running things <laughs> <laughs> put me on one of them one of things i'll show you i can i'll show you i got endurance i'll do it right now for 20 bucks i'll run to alaska <laughs> for 20 bucks i'll run to alaska no, I, I won't I be running to Alaska for more than for less than a five hundred. Like I don't want to be mean because I know that some people are poor and homeless and stuff. But yeah, twenty dollars running to Alaska? No, I couldn't do that. Yeah, I need a from where I'm sitting right now a minimum of five thousand dollars. Yeah, from yeah. where they were at because I think it was supposed to be what Chicago, New York, where they were at. Yeah, and 20 got him a hotel room for the night. <laughs> well, a fleet bag motel room, which, that that was funny to me. He just slams the money down. Boy, who you done rob? <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's $20. Like, <laughs> my goodness. It's like, no, someone was just generous for 30 minutes of watching me die. Yeah, I don't want to be nitpicky, but that scene works for me a lot better if... He was given fifty dollars and not twenty. <laughs> yeah. Then well, it's like, again, it's like but, if he's like, I'll run to Alaska for fifty, I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. And then he's like, gets a decent hotel, but it being twenty dollars like ruins the whole scene for me. <laughs> well, he didn't get a decent hotel. He got some flea bag roach motel. That the TV didn't even work. I know. I just would have been happier for him if he got if he got fifty instead of twenty. Fifty could have got a nice meal, um, bought some clothes, so. His meal's inside a garbage bag, okay? He's good. He gets free food. Yeah, well, there's not enough meat, so... <laughs> People don't eat meat anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, he can... he can If you're hungry enough, you can snack on some rabbit food. Well, thankfully for Ice-T, he's been given a new job. As some kind $200 of... $200 in advance. Some kind of... Animal hunter, instructor... It's very it's very vague the way they describe it. They're like, um, we're gonna be hunting and 
we need a guide. Like, what is Ice T gonna do? Like, in terms of guide, like, I don't makes no sense. But they, he's gonna guide them from point A to point B in the form of treadmilling. Because here's the thing: what's funny is like they have to they have to make us believe and make him believe that he's being given a job that he can do, but at the same time, it's like. He has no credentials, no qualifications, so it can't be a job that's like that hard. It's got to be something that anybody can do. So they keep they it very, have a, very, very, very vague. They, they have a very they, these are very nice, rich people who just want to give someone an opportunity to learn from them, make money, and then build a career off of what he's about to be, experience. Well, you know, I'm very happy for him. His luck has really changed, and I think that yeah, I'm glad he five hundred. He met these nice men, and I'm these nice men. I'm very happy for him. Yeah, five hundred a week. That's a, especially since he doesn't have to pay for a damn thing. Saves up every single bit. Just a bit hypothetical, Nick. If you were offered a job out of nowhere from some supposedly nice rich man who you've never met before, and you have no qualifications, but they're giving you money, giving you a job, and then you're flying out in the middle of nowhere. I gotta be honest, once I see I'm flying out the middle of nowhere, even though this is a hunting thing, I'm kind of like feeling, eh, something just feels off about this whole thing. I'm, I wonder if I see, like, I know he's in a desperate position, so he's not really in a position where he can actually question things, but that's all happened kind of quick. You meet some random people who give you a job and they're flying out the middle of nowhere. It does seem sketchy. Nah, not at all. <laughs> you wouldn't be paranoid. I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be taking no job like that right now. I'm making bank. With what I'm doing at the oh, moment. <laughs> baller. Uh, I know. I just bought a PS5. Even nice. No, what I'm saying is though, like, okay, well, let's say you were homeless though, and you were given. Uh, I take it in a heartbeat. Gotcha. No, I mean, I would take it too, <laughs> because I mean, it's that or you're on the streets. I would take it, but I'm just saying, while while they're flying out the middle of nowhere, at, at least does some doubt creep in your mind, some paranoia about like, what is this? Well. You could see in his face and the, some of the questions he was asking. Yeah, there was doubt and a creep factor going through him. Yeah, 100%. Think about it. He asked like so many questions, and we probably asked even more before we even saw the scene. True. And, I mean, like to be fair, if he's creeped out, then, you know, having Gary Busey there is not going to alleviate that so that's gonna add on to the creepiness. what are you talking about Gary Busey is probably <laughs> the best thing in this whole damn movie for how small of a scene he was yeah but he's creepy as hell is what I'm saying that's the point <laughs> yeah. if I was feeling sketchy he's a, then he he's out. a doctor that messes with your mind and gives epic monologues yes the monologue in this that he gives is the best monologue in the whole movie because almost every character gets some form of a monologue throughout this movie and yeah. it's a monologue that Gary Busey wrote himself, and I don't know if Ruger Hauer was actually annoyed by it, but he did. Ruger Hauer did say he thought Gary Busey was trying to steal the scene. It's kind of a random scene, though, because it's such a long scene of him giving a monologue, and you're trying to figure out like what the meaning of his monologue is, and then you realize that he's gonna die like in the next scene, and you're like, <laughs> in hindsight, it's like. It's like a big monologue for somebody who actually ends up being like a very minor character, you know? Like, yeah, which, which is <laughs> funny because they've, cause they've also mentioned that technically the start of these hunts was Doc's idea. 
Doc was the most aggressive. Doc was honestly the one I'd be afraid of the most out of all of them. Yeah. In fact, even in the uh, original cut of the movie, Ruger Hauer's character was supposed to say bullshit at the end of the monologue. But they liked the monologue so much they didn't want to downplay it, so they cut out the bullshit part. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a powerful scene. It look, like the only problem is, in hindsight, when you look back, you're just like, yeah, he was a very, very minor character. So all that monologue didn't mean anything in the day because, I guess it, sort of again more spooked out. I see more, but. Um, yeah, but you could also tell through Gary Busey's expressions and all that. He had he was proud of the memory, but he also had regret about it. Yeah. Because they even mentioned he loved that dog. He fed the dog. He took care of it. And then killing it, you could see in his eyes, like, I didn't want to do it. My father pretty much forced that on me. I don't think he felt bad because right before that, he had um, put the pig in front of Icy and said, look into his eyes when you eat him. That way you'll devour his soul. <laughs> well, thank you. If he didn't, if he didn't go through what he, if that was just what happened to him at the age of what he said thirteen, what else do you think happened to him throughout his life? Yeah, and think about this. I mean, and and all that he still became a doctor too. So it's clearly a very mm-hmm. smart but crazy person. But imagine if that was your doctor, I wouldn't go see him after the first visit. I'd be like, you know, I think I'm switching doctors. <laughs> right, but but yeah, the. The fact that they kill off his character so early, to me, is a disservice. I would have killed off Griffin first. I, I don't know if I would have killed any of them off that quickly. Like, um, I, th- I know they try to spread out the killings, basically, so that's not, like, all at once. So, kind of, like, throughout the movie, you have, like, a kill here, a kill there. But um, I, I would have kept them all until, like, kind of the midpoint of the movie. Um, well, I guess we should explain of course spoiler alert the twist of course is that he's really not there for an actual job he's there to be hunted by our rich men who apparently they each pay fifty thousand dollars to participate in this um which i assume all the money goes to to ruger's character most likely because i doubt ruger put anything towards it something tells me he something tells me they him and charles dutton's character walter are retired and yeah, they just want extra money, extra money, and they probably own the cabin, and yeah, probably they own the land. I'm guessing so. <laughs> Most likely. So when you pay for but, it, you're, you're paying for the opportunity to be in the game, and then also you're paying for you know the travel to get there. I'm guessing, and then um, the fact that you get to stay at the cabin. So yeah, so fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, so they get they get Ice Tea running and give him a head start with breakfast and they're all antsy especially gary and <laughs> yeah he's like gary Bruce he's like, like let's, let's go now let's do it let's go it's like i i have a uh i have a feeling about this one it's like yeah you're gonna have a lot more feeling when you <laughs> when you fight him well that's but that's kind of the scene too where ruger kind of establishes he's a leader because you have gary Busey flipping out and ruger's just like no doc we're gonna go when i say basically I think it's important to have that because otherwise, yeah, you're like, wait, who is the leader of this? Is it Gary Busey? Because so they at least establish again that Ruger's kind of calling the shots, though. So, but yeah, I'm fine with that. It's just once everything really starts, Ruger really feels like he's 
honestly back of the pack half the damn time. He doesn't really. I don't. It's it's hard to get what his motivations are because you're right. He doesn't seem like he's passionate about the idea of killing somebody. He's more just like he's like he's he's the guy. He's the guide basically. He's just like in the background, you know, saying stuff, walking very slow, relaxed. Never has much facial expressions. Like maybe he's in it just for the money. Honestly, it might just be the money for him because the other ones. I mean, obviously. They paid fifty thousand to do this, so they're like, they're really into it. They're like getting each other's way. Um, they're getting mad at each other, like, "Hey, get out of my way! Don't take my shot!" So, so they're passionate. But him and Dunn are basically just there to be in the background. I don't think they care if they're the ones that get the kill. I don't know if they actually want to get the kill. I think the whole point is that one of the people that paid the fifty thousand is supposed to get the kill, right? Not them. Like that makes you wonder, also. Makes you wonder one more thing. I know they're making bets about you know first blood and who gets killed, whatever. But do you think they put a? You think that fifty thousand actually goes into kind of another pot for their final kill? Uh, you know, it would be nice to find out more information about how it works. I, my assumption is just that, like, um, you know, the money's just going to Dunn and, and Ruger, but. Maybe there's some bonus prize. You know what's interesting? What I was thinking about was, if we're looking at it as a game, right? Basically, you know, whoever gets the first shot, whoever gets the kill, that's a big thing. Don't you feel like they maybe actually would split up instead of all? They just all move together. So when you come upon Ice T, it's like if you're all together, it's like, how do you even like distinguish? Like, oh, okay, you get the kill, I get the kill. Like, wouldn't it make more sense if they all kind of split up and went after Ice T? Individually, almost. I don't know. It it would have, but something tells me with this group, they would have shot each other, not even realizing. Yeah, I just I don't know how you, especially I, Griffin. I don't know how you compete for the kill if you're all grouped together. Like, you're just gonna what, shoot him at the same time. Like, it's it's really kind of weird. So, there's another real question: Are is this crew actually friends, or are they really just there because they enjoy this? So clearly, Dutton and. Ruger, they go back, way back, clearly. They're the organizers. They're definitely friends. Um, they clearly know each other very well. They, they know the doc. They know with Griffin, he's like, oh, he lost his daughter a couple months ago. So they, they know a lot about each other. So um, Maybe they're in the same social circle. You think about this, at the, at the, at the very end, um, with the, the father and the son... Their wife calls Ruger at the end and leaves a message. Yeah. So the wife knows him. So, so they're kind of that establishes they're probably normal middle class people who just have this secret about that they do this. But I, there, there is no way they're middle class. Uh, I mean, <laughs> very, very upper middle class. I mean, they're spending fifty thousand this, then yeah, very, very upper, very, very upper middle class. I, I still don't even think upper middle class. I'm pretty sure they're high class. Remember, they had to pay 50000 just to come and hunt a human. What is this, Hostel? Yeah. Well, we, we know... In Hostel, they had to pay 1000 just to kill an American. Yeah. We know the one guy's a doctor, so we know that. The rest of them, we don't think we get a, a good sense of what they do. I mean... Uh, one one of them said, I think it was Wolf, is supposed to be the Wolf of Wall Street, the joke they gave him. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, with Ruger and Dunn, if they're getting 50000 per person, then... They're probably rich just off of this, honestly. You think about it, there's like, what, four people? 
Outside them, there's four other people. So that's 200,000. So just from this, they're making 200,000. Uh, if they split it in half, that's still 100,000 each. And if they do this a couple times a year, 200,000 each time. They, they're making money oh, from good. this, I'll say. Yeah, well, as they're hunting Ice-T, Ice-T does something that I'm sure a lot of people actually would do. They He goes back to the cabin. Yeah. But yet, Ruger just randomly says, you know what he's probably doing that no one else has done before? It's like, well, if no one else has done it, why would you just randomly think about it? And why would nobody have done it before? It's such an obvious move. <laughs> to circle back of the cabin instead of running straight away where they can find you easily. Um, yeah, because you run back to the cabin, there's a chance that you could potentially find a weapon to defend yourself with. So basically, it seems obvious, but the movie's making out to be like some great strategic genius move. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, all right. But apparently, it's not so strategic because the one person that does it, Ruger's like, he's headed back to the cabin. It's like, what's giving you that idea if somebody's never done this before. If no one's done it to me before, I would think, okay, well, they're not going back to their cabin. That's just stupid. You know what I just thought of would be hilarious? What? <laughs> if Ruger says that, right? And then you, <laughs> you cut to them pulling up on their four-wheelers to the cabin, right? And then you cut back to Icy still in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> just like found a cave. <laughs> No, Ruger's just like it was. Ruger's just like, no, I was wrong. <laughs> he didn't come back to the cabin. He's like still in the woods, going the straight line. <laughs> nope. Instead, Ice T was there, and he burned that cabin to the ground. In which case, caused a a wild Gary Busey to appear. Yeah, what the hell, man? Gary Busey lost his mind. <laughs> this whole scene, this whole movie, it's like, dude is on the edge and lost his mind, and then didn't get the job done. Ended up getting killed in this fire. So. Well, what's bad is he would have won the fight if he didn't stop just to say, I like my meat rare. It's like, <laughs> bro, like, it's like you, you already you, you got to kill him first. You already gave your monologue. Like, stop talking and just kill him. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if he didn't stop fighting, he actually would have killed him. I got a feeling he would have, before the kill, he'd been like, let me tell you about the story about this other scar on my leg. <laughs> it's about my, my, my childhood rabbit. Like, you're like, What? Yeah, so he gets thrown into the fire and burns alive, and absolutely no one gives a shit. Nobody cares. It's like so... I mean, you'd have to get a lot. To, you have to do a lot to get Ruger to react to anything in this movie. Like, yes, he's so low-key, like, non-stressed about everything that happens. Well, the um, weird thing I'm trying to figure out is, okay, fine, he's missing, but at the same time, how do you really know he's dead when you haven't found the body i would have thought he just ran back into the woods after iced tea because once he ran into that house no one saw him yeah well i so how do they automatically assume he's just dead it, does ruger Hauer have some kind of ability to see the future hey man he knew that ice he was going back in the cabin so <laughs> he has a sixth sense i guess about these things i don't know uh so so this is little Tommy, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, shit. Hmm. Anyway, here's another thing. Throughout this whole movie, I've noticed, nobody takes Mason seriously. The, the hunters. You'd think yeah. after 
killing the most aggressive and arguably the strongest out of all out of y'all minus Dutton. I'm pretty sure Dutton has a lot more strength than Busey did. But explain to me why y'all don't start taking him seriously. This is most likely the first time y'all lost somebody in these hunts. Yeah, you just get a sense that they're super, super overconfident. Like, Yeah, so overconfident. They fall for every single trap laid out for them. I, I think the problem is, honestly, they probably really have been just killing people that like pose no challenge at all. Just like straightforward, hunt them... Maybe it took an hour or two and killed them. So maybe this is the first time they've actually been challenged. And by killing so many people just unchallenged, they probably got that some idea that they're geniuses and that they're like actually good at this. <laughs> but apparently not when they run into a mechanic. <laughs> if he was prior military, I, I something tells me they still wouldn't be taking him seriously. You know, for a mechanic though, he does a lot of stuff that's pretty pretty clever, honestly. Oh well, yeah, like uh, putting the tr making the trees smoke the cigarettes, luring them in one spot while kidnap while getting Griffin. Yeah, he's actually I mean, he's actually pretty sound on the strategy side. In terms of what he does, holding up in the cave. Um, I mean, obviously, was interesting to actually know he's in the cave, but they decide to get him at dawn, I guess. Because they because they assume he's waiting for them to come up. Because most likely, if you're a hunter, that's what you're going to do. You go after someone when they're sleeping. Yeah. So they're assuming, oh, well, he actually thinks we're just going to come at him at night while he's sleeping, so he's going to stay up. So let's wait until he's tired in the morning. Yeah. Which makes sense, uh, except for the fact that they fell asleep and he snuck out of the cave. Yeah. You know, as fun as this movie <laughs> is, one thing the movie does not do well, I would say, is that... Um, Have smart villains? Yeah, at no point do you feel like IT is actually in trouble. At no point do you actually feel like, almost from the beginning, you feel like he's outsmarting them, and that he's gonna come out ahead. It's it, it's it's never feeling like, oh my god, the odds are so against him, and how's he gonna get out of this? It, it it's almost, because they're not it, it, it taking like, him seriously. Yeah, they're so stupid in in their own way that almost immediately you just feel like, uh, yeah, I think he's probably gonna beat all of them so um I, yeah, I, I they took like him to seriously be, i would like to be more like actually fearing for him at no point do i fear for him no if they took him seriously this movie could have gone multiple different ways at, but at yeah the, there's at the beginning yeah but the thing is also once he gets a gun then there's no fear at all it's like oh you have a gun okay you can take them out easily now you have a gun um, well, you do remember what he uses that gun for, right? <laughs> yes, well. Um, but once you have once, once his character is given a gun, then it's like all fear is gone, and it's all just like really like, I'm like oh, he has the advantage now. So. Right, and he even mentions that after they kill Griffin, which I want to say one thing about Griffin. Yeah. For someone who has asthma, uh, when you have to hit your inhaler, you don't just puff it in your mouth. You actually have to inhale the air that goes in. Yeah. You don't inhale, it doesn't go in. Just hit, putting your mouth on it squeezing it twice does not count. Which means, fuck you, that guy should have died of asthma a long ass time ago. Well, he's not really doing it right. Where was the <laughs> asthma consultant on the set? 
Uh, easy. I wasn't. I was only two years old then. Damn it, man. <laughs> you let you let them down. Yeah, I did. I'm not immortal. I'm not a vampire. Rare. Speaking of Griffin, I got a whole problem with this character in the first place because he shouldn't be there. I mean, okay. He should have been first to die. Nah, more the first thing you said because to me. <laughs> They almost try to make him like a sympathetic character because his daughter recently died. His daughter recently died, and and Mason when he tells him he kills his his his, um, his wife and kids, that makes Griffin very mad because his daughter recently died. But it's hard for me to forget that you know he's out here with a group of guys hunting someone to kill them, and he's probably killed people in the past. So nothing is going to make me sympathize with the guy, and <laughs> and then it's like. If he's somebody who has one conversation with Ice-T and decides to let him go and turn things around and leave, it's like, I don't believe that person would have been out there hunting people in the first place. Like, he just seems like, I mean, um, like they made up his character for like, it just doesn't feel real. It's like, why is this dude out here hunting human beings? He's like, obviously, he seems like a normal, sympathetic person, and his daughter just died. Why would you be hunting people after your daughter died a few months ago? Like, how is that... I know why. How, how's that helping with the grief? That makes no sense. I, I know why. Uh, it's because without him, we wouldn't have gotten Ice-T's monologue about how his wife and kid actually died. It really was just to serve that purpose, I think. You're right. Even I mean, though something tells me if, say, he had a wife and kid waiting for him back at the homeless shelter... It would have made his him trying to fight back a little bit more deserving, also. Yeah. Because to be honest with you, if my wife and kid died, and I was homeless, like, what's the point of hunting me? Just kill me. I don't give a shit. Yeah, I mean, he was already suicidal at the beginning, right? I mean, if you think about it, if Charles Dutton doesn't save his life, he gets hit by the the bus, right? So. Yeah. So, seriously, at this point, the, the fact that they kind of killed Ice-T's character in just 30 minutes of the movie by making him fight back, it's like, why do you want to fight back now? <laughs> I think, uh... Um, no one's giving you a reason to fight back. Your wife and kid are still dead. Your best friend's dead. Your dog's dead. I, You know why? I think because he still wants to go on, on his terms. Like, okay, if I choose to get by a bus, I choose to get by a bus. But it doesn't mean I want these assholes... To kill me. You know? To be honest, I'd rather be shot in the head than get hit by a bus. Yeah, but would you rather somebody have done that to you where they're like basically putting you in a game situation and for their own benefit killing you? Versus you I saying, wouldn't... That versus you saying, hey, I'm choosing to take my own life, but not some assholes are trying to get over on me. So, to be honest with you, if he just sat there and let them kill him, he still would have won in that bout just for one reason. Their fun's gone. They're not hunting him. Yeah, but I don't know. Once they... It's not like they're trying to extend the hunt. I mean, as soon as they start chasing him, you know, they're ready to kill him. Like, they're shooting at him and everything, so it's like... Well, apparently not, because they're not, they're not doing a good job at it. <laughs> well, I mean, they suck at it, but... Um... <laughs> it makes me wonder, how did they do this, like, 20 times already? They must have honestly got some really poor, some really poor people with no survival instincts, I guess. So. Um, oh, so Griffin's oh. dead. 
Well, yeah, let's talk about Griffith some more because I feel like there's another in another scenario, him and Ice T connect, and then Ice T's like, "All right, well, it's been nice talking to you, but I do have to shoot you in the head because you are still in the Hunters," and then shoots him <laughs> in the head. I, it wouldn't be. Um, I wouldn't blame Ice T if he still killed the guy afterwards. I mean, it's like one of those things where like, hey, I don't want to do this, but you know, if I just leave you alive, then I'm not helping myself, right? So. But at the same time, notice how he just wa- how he was on the cliff and he watched the crew unravel. He goes, "Okay, well, I can get them to kill each other." That's true. Turn them against <laughs> each other. So Griffin um, has a change of heart and wants to just leave. He first argues that they should just end the game altogether. But once he sees they're not going to do that, then he's like, "Okay, well, play your game, but I'm leaving." And he does leave, um, but he leaves not in a a good way. He leaves six feet under. I don't think they took the time to bury him personally. <laughs> so, um. <laughs> some t- some tells me, uh, after Ruger Hauer left, before Ice T left the woods, he probably took all the bodies and buried them himself, except for Gary Busey because he's ashes. Uh, At the very least, he I probably don't... buried Griffin just because of their little heart to heart. I don't think so, man. I don't know. I mean, if he let him live, he obviously respected him somewhat. Yeah. I don't think respect's the word. I think just more like, you know, I'm not going to kill you, but I don't think when he came across his dead body, I don't think he would have cared. He'd be like, oh, well, do that thing. Also, I just want to mention one other thing. When Griffin got taken, obviously we didn't see it happen, but uh, notice how the crew didn't give two shits. Hmm. They never mentioned, "Hey, hey, where's Griffin?" Throughout the whole night, they saw they were staring at that cave. They really didn't care, right? So, so they didn't even want Griffin there. <laughs> well, they probably thought he was dead. They probably were surprised to find him still alive. Honestly, um, yeah. So we should take a moment to talk about the whole father-son dynamic because we haven't really talked about them much. Wolf Senior and Wolf Junior. For one, if you name your son Wolf Junior or any junior, um, you have you're a narcissist for naming your kid the exact same name you have, or you're yeah. very uncreative. Yeah, and I don't think Wolf Senior is going to be winning Father of the Year anytime soon. Um, how ridiculous! Is Not that? A... how ridiculous is that he's actually he's brought his son out here and didn't even tell him what he was there for. Didn't even tell him anything about this, and then just surprises him with, "Hey, we're gonna kill a human being," and he expects his son to be like, "Oh, thanks, oh, thanks a bunch, Dad. This is what I've always wanted to do." Yeah. Yep, that's exactly that's exactly what. <laughs> and, what you're saying, you wouldn't do that to your kid? It's ridiculous. He gets mad. <laughs> he gets mad at his son reacting the way he does, and I'm like, anybody would react that way. Like, that's not a fun surprise. <laughs> He pretty much even calls, tells his son, he's like, you need to be a man. He's worthless. Like, <laughs> what? Really? That, that's the advice you're going to give your son? Obviously, you didn't teach your son the same morals you have. And because the son doesn't want to kill the guy, his father's like, <laughs> you're too much like your mother. It's like, what? Because he's not. Well, apparently, his mother is a nice person. Really, she's not a murderer like him, so. <laughs> wow. Um, and even oh then, I'm, I'm surprised the son even he never really engages anyway to where it looks like he's actually trying to kill I see 
But just him going along with it again just felt a little bit off. Um, like every time he tries to back out, I guess they do kind of bully him back in. Um, but I don't know. He, I, I, I don't necessarily. I don't feel bad for the kid, but I feel like he, him being here and dying is just like a, his life thrown to waste for no reason, pretty much. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Like he's a real, yeah, he's, a, he's be- a real, he's a real actual casualty to come out of this, in my opinion, honestly. Yeah, but before we get 100 percent get to his death, because I have a few words about that one, uh, let's get to the part where the person who sh- I believe should have gotten a fight scene just blows up. Dutton. Yes, I feel like Dutton because Dutton should have been a bigger point of this hunt. Considering the fact he's the one. Who recommended Ice T be there? He's the one who technically saved Ice T to kill him. So I feel like they should have had some kind of fight or a confrontation before he just exploded. Yeah, you know, I thought really honestly, there's a chance in my mind that he was going to be the main villain because yeah, he's the one that found Ice T and kind of set the whole thing up. Like if he was the last one there, I, that wouldn't have upset me at all. Um, no, but instead he just uh, Ice T. Where did Ice-T do to that ATV to make it explode? It's not like he had explosives. I have no idea. It's something to do with... I mean, was he... Um, he was a car mechanic, right? Like an auto mechanic. Yeah, so, yeah um, but... Uh. Still makes no sense. But anyway, so he explodes and Ruger Howard decides to kill off his best friend in the most painful way possible with him already <laughs> being in pain. <laughs> Why? Why did he not just shoot him in the head? I don't understand. <laughs> Why did he choke him with literally four fingers? Oh, what a great friend! <laughs> kill me in the most kill me in the most painful way possible instead of just like. Yeah, <laughs> it's like. You ch- what's bad is he? I don't even think he would have been able to choke him that way. It's just he just takes two fingers from each thing and presses it on his throat. It's like it's like is that, is that, is that, easy, that easy to kill somebody? I mean, <laughs> two fingers. <laughs> 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 okay, well, right, now Ruger's finally going to take this seriously. And that's where we get the damn tree scene. Yeah. Where, I I admit, I, I like this plan that Ice-T puts out, but if I was hunting someone who's already outsmarted me like three or four times already, last thing I'm going to do is get on a tree where I can hardly defend myself. Yeah. True. Because that just proves... Sure, you may have been counting the bullets, so now you know, okay, he's out of rounds. Uh, you're in the woods. You don't need to be... You can be out of bullets and not be out of rounds. He has rocks. Yeah, that's pretty ridiculous. And the thing, too, is, like, he didn't really, um... I'm, I'm surprised he didn't really take out Ruger when he was going across the street. Um... I have to watch it again, but he didn't really, he didn't really bother him with the rocks or anything, right? So... I think I think he, if anything, what it probably was is he was trying to throw him at Ruger, but he was he's not strong enough to get it there, so he kept hitting the kid. I don't even think he actually even really hit any of them. Well, <laughs> but the okay. kid just got scared and slid off. Okay, so I got it on now, and basically, yeah, Ruger gets off. He gets he gets off the tree like with no problem. Um, he starts doing the rocks after Ruger's already already got across. So the time he's throwing the rocks, it's only um. The kid on there, basically. Um, yeah, I don't even think any of the rocks actually hits him. I think the kid just freaks out and slides off. Yeah, actually, let me see. I'm at that point right now. 
So the kid is walking, he's scared of the rocks, and it looks like the kid almost forces himself off, like, the thing, like, <laughs> like, he goes, uh, it's really hard to see him naturally falling the way he does, because he's, 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 like, in a crawling position, he slips completely, and then he's hanging on with both arms, and he actually has a good grip and everything, and most of his upper body is on the wood, so it's not like he's hanging by his hands. His whole upper chest is supporting him on the thing, so... And then he randomly takes yeah. one, he randomly takes one arm off, and now he's hanging by one arm. And then he falls. It's I really, think I know what happened. Really weird. He didn't want to kill a human, so he kills himself instead. Yeah, and he, and he falls right when his father gets to him. It's like he... <laughs> Purposely was just like, nope, I'm out of here, Dad. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> I don't. Like, I don't want to come, anyways. <laughs> right. Say, like, fuck you, Dad. <laughs> no airs for you. It really was because, like, he <laughs> he waits till his dad gets right to him, and then he falls. If you're the dad, you're like, you disappointment of a son. You couldn't wait for five more seconds. Nope. Instead, this is where Wolf Senior just gets pissed off. They chase him. And then they get into a fight. If you're a Wolf Senior, how are you going to explain this to the mother? <laughs> like, I'm almost like, I'm not saying he wants and to die. I, I'm not saying he wants to die at this point. Does he, but does he really want to go back to his life with his son not there and have to explain this to his mom? Happy accident? Like, I'm, I think he's almost better off dying here because <laughs> the amount of guilt he's going to have for the rest of his life. Like, basically, I got my son killed. Well, I will just say this about this fight. See, this is probably the one of the best fight scene in this movie. Yeah. Well, this fight, even though it's dark, so obviously you can change out the actors for the stunt doubles and be able to show more, but this is actually a pretty intense fight. Yeah, so what happens is as soon as his, as soon as his son dies, Wolf Senior basically becomes really like the main bad guy. Like, um, Ruger even then is still in the background, not really like reacting to anything. And you have um, Wolf Senior that was like full on Mason, he's mine, <laughs> losing his mind. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Ruger should have done more stuff in this movie, but he never really he does have. anything. He never really does anything. Like, what the hell? Except, except for not take our main character seriously after he kills every single person. In this entire... The only time I swear he takes Mason seriously is after the fight with Wolf and they get to the plane. Yeah. And that's because... That's the only time he takes him seriously. And that, at that point, he has to because he's... Yeah, he has to get off the, the island. But um, this is a very easy payday for Ruger. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't have to do much dialogue in this movie. He doesn't do much action. Um, there's really no... There's really very few close-ups on him. Like, he doesn't do much in this movie. Like, this is an easy payday for him, honestly. Like, uh, compare this to, like, him... And he's and supposed to be our main villain. <laughs> yeah, compare this to him and the Hitcher. And the Hitcher... Oh, my gosh. He's an amazing villain, like, uh, doing or, really good work, so... Or, hell, even... I think, I swear he did more in Buffy than he did in this, and he was only in half of Buffy. Yeah, he was way, yeah, he was way more fun in Buffy. <laughs> um, and and uh, that's I guess that's his range, though, to be, to be the villain in Buffy, the Hitcher, and this... And it's three different, all the different kinds of villains. I guess it's pretty interesting. But but this is this is his least favorite villain of mine because 
he just doesn't do anything. He's so laid back <laughs> the whole movie. Um, yeah, hell, even during the fight with Wolf, he he could have just killed them both, but he just sat there and went, "I'm gonna leave now." Yeah, it's like, why? You have the perfect chance. This is literally the point where you can finally kill the main character, and you just leave. That's the thing, man. The whole movie, like, he never shows any interest in actually killing Ice-T at all, so... Or doing anything, for that matter. I, I gotta say, he's... He, it seems like he's just strictly in it for the money, I'm guessing, so... Yeah, so... Now, all of a sudden, we're back to the city. How we got to the city, I don't know. I know how Ruger got to the city. How did Ice-T get back to the city? I guess did he... he didn't use that 200, and that 200 just didn't somehow burn in the fire. If I think about what's more ridiculous, Jason getting from Manhattan back to Crystal Lake or Ice-T getting back to the city, I think Ice-T getting back to the city is more ridiculous. But yeah, because Jason can horror partake. This guy can't. And this will be Ice-T can, apparently, so... <laughs> so... Yeah, because... Ruger's making plans to go to Russia. <laughs> Man's leaving. I don't know where he's planning on going. I just know he's dressed up as a priest now. <laughs> the man, uh... Has to run away because basically, the wife of a uh, wolf senior wife, wife junior, was calling. People actually want to know what happened to their husbands and stuff, right? So all that liability's on him because that they must have told their wives, "Hey, this is the number to call if anything happens." So yeah, but then again, with how the these characters reacted, uh, they didn't plan a whole lot of stuff out in case something like this happened. Well, it's interesting. If they told any of the wives where they were going, then the wives could easily just have that investigated and they would go find the cabin or the fire. Um, so they would know there was some shenanigans there. So just. You'd think the fire would have alerted somebody. I'm sure that smoke raised pretty high up. Yeah. At the same time, it makes sense that all the guys probably lied about what they were doing. Maybe they told their wives. Hey, I'm going like for a fishing weekend or like going on some camping trip. I doubt they've told them, "Hey, we're going to go kill somebody." They probably told them they were going to go hunting because then the wives would have thought, "Okay, you're going to go kill a deer." Yes. A deer but named, in this case, a deer, a deer named Ice T. Yes. Yeah, but in this case, uh, Ruger Howard obviously is a really shitty priest by telling a homeless woman to fuck off. <laughs> right. It's like. We're back to the homeless homeless people now. I was like, please, sir, I'm homeless. Can you spare any change? Fuck off. It's like, damn. You're not going to be a father soon. You notice that Ruger's sixth sense again where he magically knows that Ice-T's following him? He knows someone's behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Ice-T did come out and say, Burns. <laughs> yep. Now Ice-T is, ba Ice is Batman. <laughs> like lurking in the shadows with like a new voice. I'm Batman. He'd probably do better than damn George Clooney. <laughs> It'd be funny if Ruger, so, if Ruger at the end was here like, just said aloud to himself, you know what? I think this is, I think this guy's different. I think he went back to the cabin. <laughs> I think he went back to the cabin. Uh, uh, but instead we get this fight scene and to be honest compared this fight compared to wolf fight or doc's fight it's very boring actually 
Yeah, I have a theory that they ran out of money because <laughs> this is like a very kind of subpar ending. Um, I mean, it's just like two mm-hmm. guys in an alleyway fighting, basically. Yeah, so it's like. Which, I, to be honest, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I just. It's just not as epic as it should have been. It should it, the final fight's supposed to be better than anything that happened. Any other fights that happened before, all the fights supposed to escalate. This one de-escalated from the wolf fight. I feel like Ice T needs to take a shower because he still has like his face looks like <laughs> he literally came from there straight to here. Like I don't understand. The man didn't like shower the entire week. Didn't eat. I don't understand. Probably not. But, it's, but how about we go to the fact that Ice-T then takes the gun, is gone for only like five seconds, but somehow five seconds is long enough to load a gun full of trash. Yeah. Uh, and, and also, <laughs> instead of a kaboom from the gun, we, we get a should we talk poof. About, yeah, should we talk about this this gun incident and what happens to Ruger? Because... We need a, so we need. I need a theory here about what happens to Ruger because I've watched it in. He slow became motion. Houdini. I watched it in slow motion. <laughs> he literally disappears. <laughs> did the gun make him explode like, completely? I don't understand. It's like, did the gun make him explode? Did the gun turn him into Houdini? He just disappeared. <laughs> he probably he disappeared <laughs> to a Russian mosque. It really looks like a magic trick. Like, He's literally gone in one second. <laughs> it's like it's just. Uh, if what, what's with the clouds? What's with the smoke? It's almost like a ninja. Ruger Howard became a ninja real quick. He, he teleported. He, he actually he didn't die. He teleported out there. He probably had to back in the cabin. <laughs> you know what? Ruger, I know Ruger. I know in this movie he's called Burns, but he's actually Burns is just the American version of Ryu Hayabasa. Right. <laughs> You're right. I got this scene all right now and. I see, yeah. He takes the gun for literally about 12 seconds and does his thing to it. And Ruger's such a dumb Which, Ruger's, Ruger's like, oh yeah, well of course he just left the gun for me to pick up. Like, huh? That made no sense. Yeah, I, I, the way I would have ended it, because they mentioned earlier that, you know, if a gun's clogged with trash, it could blow your hands, blow your hands off. What I would have done is actually had that happen to where Ruger Howard still lives, but he no longer has hands. Just have him screaming in the alley. I don't know. I just think the ending is awkward because Ice-T is walking away so confidently. And he can't be 100% sure that this thing is going to kill him. Certainly he didn't expect <laughs> this thing to make him magically disappear. But, it, but, but, but Ice-T never even looks back. I'm watching the credits. He keeps walking. He hears the, the boom. But he never even turns his head and looks back, which to me isn't. It would be. You would at least. It would have been hilarious. Sure, you would look back and make sure your villain is dead at least, right? It would have been hilarious if he looked back and went, "Huh? The fuck did he go?" <laughs> it's like, damn, he actually spirit. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. The, all right, otherwise good movie, but this is such a, a a ridiculous ending. Like, yeah, he keeps walking. He doesn't even look back. <laughs> He didn't expect this to kill him. He expected maybe yeah, to blow blow off his hand, maybe. Um, I don't know. Oh, my God. That doesn't sit well uh, with me. And where's Ice even walking off to, man? I wish they would have cut to, like, six months later, like, him with a job or something. Like, like is there any hope for him? Is he going to be homeless again? He'll probably just be homeless again. I mean, I don't know if he's going to get another job opportunity after that, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Yeah, I can see that now on his resume. He's like, yeah, I killed like five people. Yep. Oh, the other thing too is, um, okay, let's assume that Ruger, um, it gets killed right there, right? I see he's walking away. I'm like, dude, go back and rob him. <laughs> <laughs> How? He's gone. He poofed. <laughs> If there's any body, if there's any part of his body left, go find his wallet at least and take his money, man. What the the wallet poofed. As a matter of fact, if you're iced tea and you know where he just came from, go back to his house and rob everything in his house. Come on, man. That poofed. <laughs> the house disappeared too. <laughs> the house, house disappeared too. Also, why is why is this rich guy's house in the middle of an alleyway, or is that just the back exit? Gotta be the back exit. I just thought they went for like the cool ending of him walking away, but more realistic would have been like him come back and be like, "Yeah, hey, I'm gonna rob your ass too," and like just picking up. But he poofed. Everything about him just poofed. I don't understand how they saw that in the editing. And we're like, "Yep, that's that's the right thing though." <laughs> he disappears. <laughs> Who the so hell? I got that. I'll prove that. <laughs> um, the poofers. Gah. <laughs> Anyways, the the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. That's it. Yeah, this this was Tommy from Mighty from the Green Ranger. He took care of it. I don't know, but if I see <laughs> if I see can do that, he has a future as the next James Bond. Seriously, nah, Edgar's elbow would do do a better job. Oh yeah, easily, easily. Anyway, so let's hope we get to our categories. Categories. This is actually going to be tough because um, there's a lot to choose from. If we're doing, uh, what we'll say about, of course, we're doing best performance to begin with. Gary Busey. He does stand out. Um, the only reason why I'm thinking not to give it to him is just because it's such a small amount of screen time, even though he's very impactful in that screen time but me and you have given best performances to f literally two second roles I don't think two seconds two seconds there but anyway yeah I'm still giving it to Gary Busey just cause mainly just cause of that monologue and I'm sorry none, it felt like all these actors maybe aside from Charles Dutton just was really just there to get a paycheck. Yeah. Well, the uh, the dude, um, Wolf Senior, he actually, before this, I'm surprised in this movie, because he actually won an Oscar, apparently. For this movie? Not for this movie, but previous to this movie. Oh. He's like a, a really prestigious actor, actually. So it's kind of an odd movie for him to be in. I think once his son dies, he gives a really good performance for about 10 minutes, just like his sheer anger. <laughs> <laughs> Mission! But um, <laughs> yeah, but, but you gotta uh, kind of get out, get over the other parts of his acting before then. Yeah. Um. Again, it just I, felt like he wanted to. He's just there for a paycheck, whereas Gary Busey actually felt like he was there to have fun with the role. Well, Gary Busey was being Gary Busey though, so I, I imagine in real life Gary Busey sits at a dinner table and gives those exact monologues. So that's. I'm pretty sure he's just playing himself in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, um, when he talks, you listen, sir. He is a doctor. I'm on board with giving. He knows more about you than you do. Sure. 
I'm on board with giving it to Busey because, yeah, it is actually, he is really going for it. His limited screen time. And even the writer came out and said that he wishes that he hadn't killed him off that early. So even the writer agrees with that, so. I mean, I'm sure he get, he uh, wrote, when he wrote the characters, he didn't think of the actors that was going to play them. Right. True. So then the worst performance, eh. I, know, I already know who you're, who you're going to give it to. I'm giving it to Ruger Hauer in this one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say, yeah. The, uh, I thought you say Griffin. Griffin. Yeah. No, Griffin, not so much because for the most part, he did his job. Again, it just felt like he was there for a paycheck. Whereas Ruger Hauer, he's supposed to be our main villain. He should be more charismatic than half of them, or at least more terrifying than half of them. Yeah. And to be honest, he was just bleh. Yeah. And that's compared to the other things we've seen him do. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and agree with that too because we just talked about it. I mean, he's very, very non-reactive, laid back. Nothing affects him. No emotion. I mean, I get it that it's probably in his mind, okay, the character's just here for money. He doesn't care about this whole killing thing. But once all his people start getting killed, he should be a little bit more either worried or mad or something. Just Especially after Cole dies. Yeah, 100%. All right, well, best scene. I've already mentioned this. I've re- I spoiled it for myself. It's the fight with Wolf. Mm. Uh, it may, it, yeah, it's dark, but even dark, you can still see what's going on. They really just made it dark just so the actors could have stunt doubles out. <laughs> yeah. But it's still a pretty pretty decent scene to watch, and the and Wolf's death is probably extremely realistic, considering the fact it was just a quick snap because damn Ice-T was getting tired of him talking and yelling in his face that's a good one I'm gonna actually I mean because we just talked about also I'm gonna go ahead and just say the dinner table scene Um, (laughs) because the monologue but also because like knowing what's gonna happen it's interesting to see all these characters actually sit down and interact with each other Um, after this scene we're really not gonna have any real dialogue scenes like there's not much and the rest of the movie, so this is the only time you actually get to know the characters, to be honest. Um, that, that was fun. I like that. That whole dirt table scene is fun. Worst scene. Uh, poof. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna make you... I'm gonna say abracadabra and make you disappear. Abracadabra, alakazam. Fuck off. You know, I would like to get the writer-director's opinion of the ending. Someone needs to explain to me what the hell happened to his body. I need to know. He poofed. <laughs> Man had the most most epic death scene of all time. Uh, except <laughs> they should have used that for Jason Takes Manhattan. There we go. <laughs> um, okay. Let's see. What would you like to change? I mean, mine's an obvious one. I have. Have Griffin die first, have Gary Busey in a little bit longer. Yeah. Um. Hmm. It's such an interesting... I would like more background on everything, on the actual game, how long they've been doing it, like what their process is, how the money works, like who gets the money. I would have liked some more... They're not like necessary details, but... It'd be interesting to know more about like 
how long they've been doing it. Just some more, some more background, I guess, on it would be nice. But um, everything else, I'm pretty much okay with. All right. Well, as a final thought, for me, uh, characters are all run one note. Some didn't even try; they just wanted their paycheck. Mine is what two people. Uh, music was music was decent. Added a little bit to added to the movie. I like the setting. The lighting was good. The fight scenes that we got, minus the last one, was good. And the only downside I have with this movie is really just the acting should have been better. Pacing was fine, but uh, probably just needed more logical leaps. Because mm. we got way too many of them. Or less logical leaps. Let me rephrase. Less logical leaps. Because you cannot tell me that they, after one of them dies, they are not going to start taking it seriously. Yeah. So writing, the acting, and the ending, to me, drops it down to a two. Gotcha. Because the movie's still fun, but it's a two. Yeah, and you know... The thing about the acting that I find odd is that, like, it's a really good cast. So it's like, yeah, if everybody's bringing their A game and, like, actually investing in the roles, then, you know, there's really good actors. I've seen all these actors in other movies where they're amazing. Like, Charles Dutton's, like, a really good actor. He usually plays more of, like, an inspirational, like, good guy, though. He usually doesn't play a villain. We know Ruger's always playing villains. We know he can be a great villain. Um, I've seen F. F. Murray Abraham in different things. And then uh, the guy who played Griffin is actually on the show Scrubs as a comedian, basically. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the, the the villain actors are all really good actors. It's just that I agree, some of them are just here getting a paycheck, basically. Um, I see it's pretty strong, pretty solid. I would say that um, you're always on Ice T's side. He's a likable character. He's charismatic. Um, but. Yeah, it definitely has some some writing flaws there, and it does start to run out of steam at the end. I would say, like, with all these movies that are kind of in this mold, like remember Judgment Night is kind of very similar to this too. I feel like, um, it's kind of like the first half of the movie is always better than the second half, because once they've been being chased or being hunted for a while, you kind of run out of things for them to do, and it kind of starts to feel repetitive. Um, so it does run out of steam for sure at the end. Um, but I do love the location and the movie is very unique it has a unique feel to it and the music is very strong too so um, I'm still gonna go two and a half I feel like the saving grace of this movie is that it's still it's still a fun time and something about it I've always found to be very rewatchable um, this is definitely a movie you can revisit every couple years and have fun with it um, I don't know if it's the location or you know that it's a very like kind of quick paced fast paced movie um but has a lot of rewatchability so so i'm gonna go two and a half stars on that it's definitely worth watching it's one of those movies you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to like uh necessarily like, like watch at night per se it's more of a like if you're bored during the day have nothing to do and it happens to be on then watch it um but yeah i was i've, I've always had a, a soft spot in my heart for it well everyone just as always you do not have to go home but you do get a message Fick and ask why he watched the wrong movie for next week's review yes well there's so many variations of movies called The Hunted 
The Hunting, The Hunt, Hunt for Red, Hunt for Red October. I mean, it just goes on and on, man. I mean, I don't, you know. Nick texts, Nick's texting me about The Hunt. I'm thinking, or he's texting me about The Hunted. I'm thinking it's The Hunt. I'm searching IMDb. I'm asking what year. And this all results in me watching the wrong movie. I even said Tommy Lee Jones and Benicio Del Toro. I admit. That didn't I, tip you off? When I when I didn't see them in the movie, I was kind of like, hey, what is this? But the one I, the one I watched, I liked, so I guess I didn't question it because I was like, oh, it's a pretty good movie. So, um, Anyways. So, in the next couple weeks, we'll probably be doing some more hunted slash hunting type movies, I'm guessing, so. I guess. I guess September is just the uh, the month for hunts. We gotta do hard target then too, because that's right in line with this also. Well, that's fine, considering the fact that it is hunting season. Hunting season. Yep. Well. So, anyways, as my advice to, to listeners, um, of course, when you are first looking into a gun, make sure that it's not jammed up with trash. Make sure that Ice T hasn't used the gun previous to you, because he may have purposely jammed up the trash. And then, uh, just remember, in the wrong hands, one of those guns, not only would it blow off your hand, but it can actually make you disappear. Yeah, you're probably in the ups- he's probably in the upside down now. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah, well, that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 personally, my own head cannon, my own head cannon, he probably transported back to the cabin, so. <laughs> he's like, yeah, maybe I still should check the cabin. Yeah, he's actually he's actually a sorcerer, so he's actually Shang Tsung. <laughs> oh gosh, sorry, Carrie Hiroyuki. Alrighty then. Well, um, see you folks next week. <laughs> <laughs>